Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. to another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's just me and Chelsea Pinky today because Glenn did not, in fact, quit her job. You see what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about? She ain't quitting her job. I literally just rolled out of bed. Well, but this nice. is how much I love our community. I'm going to still get on the mic. Period. Love, Period. support. Okay, Period. what did these people put in my hair? Ew, did you just lick your finger? That is fucking gross. I did. It's like flaking OD. If you're not watching the video, Shadi just licked her finger and rubbed it on her hairline. Yeah, because I'm like, my braids are... She was like really trying to lay down my baby hairs, but it's like, sis, what was the product? Anyways, um, how's everyone doing? And by everyone, you. (laughs) All red or reply. I'm doing great. We recorded a Patreon first, so... Um, just, I'll do a quick recap. Um, I'll reply to the fact that I just came back from Mexico city as always had a great time. We were looking at wedding venues there. Um, and I will leave on red. Well, you know, we're on Twitter now, so I will leave on red. Well, we're on Twitter and TikTok now. So I'll leave the trolls on red, but also you should follow us. Our Twitter is black girls text one and our TikTok is black girls texting. I believe. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. I will go in that same vein. Um, I'm going to leave TikTok on red and reply. Mm. Um, we have obviously been utilizing other forms of social media because we got to get with the times. <laughs> right. We can't just We're going to get left behind. Right. We can't be the old ladies on Instagram that no one's using and the shit algorithm. So yeah. we've been posting more on TikTok and like, I think just thinking about the type of content to make, I will just kind of scroll through and like our For You page, I don't think really has a personality because it's just us like three looking at random shit. Like it doesn't really know like what we like or what we don't like. So I feel like I just see a lot of popular things and it's a little creepy one to see like everyone doing the same trends where Mm. it just doesn't feel interesting. Like don't get me wrong, like, I'm sure if we end up in like black talk, like how there's black Twitter, it's fucking Mm -hmm. hilarious because a lot of pages I follow on Instagram are like TikToks, like people reposting TikToks. Yeah. And they're funny. They're hilarious. But right now I'm in like white women with filler singing Ice Spice songs (laughs) and doing like weird voiceover. I'm just, I don't know. And it's strange. I don't like these terms we talked about on the Patreon. I think the thing, digital blackface is like a whole fucking thing. Like, I'm not trying to make this like a Harvard dissertation, but I just find it strange when white people are like using very black audio clips, especially Mm. if the audio clip says nigga. I'm like, ah! Yeah. I mean, not even just white, non-black. Non-black. Yeah. But it's particularly like, 
cringy when I see like a, I don't want to call anyone out, but like, you know, these former bachelorette contestants who are just mm. trying to stay relevant. And it's like, you don't know anything about this. You just saw it was a trending audio and you made a video of Ice Spice with your golden retriever. It's weird. I don't weird get it. I don't like it. But I'm replying because it is such an interesting space like mm-hmm. to see trends happen so fast in the moment. I feel like they're on to something. I yeah. mean, it must be. It's been around for a while. But like, it it's is cool. It's a gap right now. Yeah. yeah. It is cool to see. Yeah. It's just strange. It's strange. very strange. Do you have a hotline bling? Um, well, if you all know, I went to Cuba mm-hmm. a while ago. We still have a Cuba group chat. And it was a lot of like family members and loved ones in my like religious community. And one of the um, women studied Yoruba like in college, like the language. And so she's like really good at it. And so she just started a Yoruba class. I'm not taking it. But a lot of people in the group chat are, because girl, when am I going to go to the Yoruba class? (laughs) Squeeze I was like, in. sign me up. And then I was like, I'm never going to go. I could barely go to my <laughs> Spanish class. Um, but it is cool because they'll like talk about it in the chat. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like, it's really I nice to that. see. So I'm like, you guys go crazy. They're like, you got to download the Yoruba keyboard. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. but it's very cute. It's precious. Yeah. I finally watched Woman King on the plane. Oh, what did you think? I just because you said Yoruba made me think of Africa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, obviously, was not historically accurate. Right. There was not a big push to end slavery, you know. But um, Disney version of what really happened. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was cool. It was it was cute. Yeah. Powerful imagery. Yes. If that's how it really happened, that would be amazing. Yes. But, yeah, it's not. And um, we don't have a black girl doing shit this week. We have a black man doing shit, surviving, thriving. So you're going to hear from the homie Nunny in a minute. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat. What does it mean to be black and unlimited? It means being exactly who you are, to be unlimited in your potential, to be unlimited in your creativity, to be unlimited in your imagination, to be unlimited in your vision. Throughout the year, join Walmart in amplifying the voices of black brands and creators, giving them a stage to spotlight their unlimited brilliance. That's black and unlimited. Visit walmart.com slash black and unlimited to learn more. Hey, group chat. It's Shade here, and I'm super excited to talk to you all about my hair journey, especially with Dove and their crown collection. Now, if you know me, you are a listener, and you've been keeping up with me, whether you're watching on YouTube or on our social media, you all know I keep it very versatile with my hair. One day, I'll have braids. 
who knows what color, blue, green, purple, whatever it may be. I love having fun with braids. But then I might get tired of that and switch up my hair into tape bins. Right now, I'm a sewing mommy. You know I love a weave. But while I'm doing all of that and I'm trying different protective styles, I'm always mindful of making sure that my natural hair is healthy and flourishing because that is number one for me. That worst case scenario, if I needed to, I could just pull my natural hair out and I feel comfortable and I feel that it's in you know a good state. And so the key to healthy hair, or at least this is what you know the hairstylists have told me, is a healthy scalp. And that's why I really love Dove's crown collection because it really focuses on scalp care. It is the first holistic health repairing system and it features a lot of different products. So they've got a sulfate-free shampoo, conditioner, there's a serum, there's a leave-in conditioner, and there's even a defining buttercream. So if you are, you know, rocking the coils, you can define the curls with their defining buttercream. The products all have a plant-based squalene, which if you've all heard me talk about skincare, you know I love squalene. I'm seeing it's really important for the skin, probably equally important for the hair and your scalp. It also contains prebiotics and vitamins, and there are 0% sulfates, parabens, or dyes, so none of the yucky stuff. I also love this collection because Dove co-founded the Crown Coalition with the National Urban League, with Color of Change, and with the Western Center of Law and Poverty. And they did this to ensure that there was legal protection against discrimination based on race-based hairstyles. The Crown Act has since been passed in 14 states and is en route to pass federally. This is super important to me because I want to support brands that support me and the people that look like me. And so while, you know, we're out here contributing our dollars, we know black women spend a lot of money on our hair. I think it's definitely time to be mindful of the brands that we're giving our money to. And that's why I feel really good about supporting Dove, knowing that they are equally supporting us, especially when we think about the Crown Act and the Crown Coalition and all the discrimination that has been, you know, made against the hair that naturally grows out of our heads. So super, super proud that Dove is doing this. If you are also on your natural hair journey or just a healthy hair journey, whatever that looks like, I highly recommend you check out these products and please let us know what you think. Super excited to share my next hairstyle with y'all, whatever that may be in the coming weeks, months. You all know it's going to be looking different all the time, but also love knowing that my hair underneath is super healthy with these products. So keep us posted. Let us know what you think. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. All right, y'all. So we have Dasheen Jordan, a.k.a. Nunny, in the building. He was born and raised in Far Rockaway, Queens, Far Rock. Nunny is a filmmaker, freelancer, and editor, and you may know him from his work with Everyday People for the past 10 years, but he has also worked with Rock Nation, Complex, do say Ho Living, Vibe Magazine, Dreamville, and many more. He also shoots with Nappy Hour and Freedom Party. Then he also finished writing a book called Dead Ass Facts, Volume 1, the New York City edition. And ladies, he is a Libra, single, and loves New York City. So we've got an eligible bachelor in the building. Oh. <laughs> Nani, did you put that in your bio? Yes, he did. But you are a single Libra? I am he a did. single Libra. I need you to understand that. And it, it needs to be understood. 
I know Libras get a lot of flack though too, so I shouldn't have probably said that. I, I love Libras. I mean, depending. Libras are great. Dating or are we talking about friendship? True. I've never yeah. dated one. Exactly. My Leos are uh, Leos. Libras are known for being very flirty. I hear. Not only that, Libras also can fall in love with you the first time they meet you. But if you guys break up tomorrow, they'll be all for you, like immediately. That I've seen through my friends. I, yeah, that's I, true. So that's how I know. Oh. Savage. Oh, wow. Damn. Well, let's also spicy. add that Nunny is a person we've all known for a long ass time. Yes. Like. Yeah, like definitely met you when I was like underage sneaking into the clubs of downtown Manhattan. Allegedly. In, like the good old downtown <laughs> days, allegedly. No, we can say that. Both of my clothes now, so it's fine. Uh, exactly. True, 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 true. They won't They won't be, they won't be like, hey, indicted man. or whatever the word is. Implicated. <laughs> they won't be but indicted. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, like we've known you from back in the day, yeah. going out. And, and and having a good time, but also now seeing you in the parties, but you'd be working in the parties, shooting, taking content. Um, so I'd love for you to share more with our listeners about your work, your work in the arts, and just kind of how you got there. Yeah. Um, let's start from the, how I started into parties, of course. It started when I was about 15, 16, doing teen parties. A lot of you guys don't understand that uh, if you're not from New York, there used to be team parties, you know, at, at a lot of the clubs that are, a lot of them don't exist anymore, like, you know, Speed, Exit, and all these places. So I would promote those. They wouldn't give me much money. It was like 50 bucks, 100. But when you like 16 in New York and like the early 2000s, that was a lot of money to me. <laughs> so I started out promoting and then, you know, I did I went to college for a few years to learn how to do film. So I fell in love with film and then um, I came back out, promoted again, and then doing a bunch of other stuff like then i started filming parties and that's really when like i found like a niche where i was like if i film these parties i can charge this get it done and it's the quickest way to uh, uh associate yourself with a, a parties that you can also host like i tell my mm. friends like yo i need a, every party I, I shoot i'm like i need a list i need a list of at least five or ten because i'm inviting my friends and I, I need women around me that i trust and i know and I want to hang out, you know, with my friends. So this is the best way for me to hang out with my friends is usually when I'm uh, working a party. For those people that don't know about what everyday people is, maybe they don't live in the city. Like, what is it? How would you describe it? First off, you can't. It's more than a party, right? Yeah. You can't say you don't live in the city because we're all over now. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're a global uh company now you know we're, we're mainly in new york of course we do a lot of parties in new york but we also do a good amount in la miami london africa um mm-hmm. we've done germany oh, we've wow. done paris yeah we've done then you know we also done dc and philly and and all these other places and you know every time we go somewhere it's like consistently popping parties we've been throwing consistently popping parties for 10 over 10 years like not an easy they are popping can attest to that yes yeah. Can't can't tell you how many people be like when it's time when the season comes around. I'm a very popular guy. I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> everyone's like, hey, let me get a on your list. Like I'll be like, yo, relax, <laughs> chill out. You so know, do I'm, you use this as leverage um, in the dating world? No, that's the one thing I won't ever use it for. Like that's kind of I do use it for the leverage of getting me forward in life. If I need to, like, mm-hmm. you need who you want. Like, yo, come talk to me when you get here. 
So, you know, but yeah. is a is a great event that, you know, it's predominantly uh, run by black people, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing as well. And Fire. for me, working that event is such a, a joyful thing because I helped build that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the video work you see there is actually the work that I made over time with them. And we like craft this beautiful visionary that I'm realizing that a lot of people use my style. So, you know, shout out to me for helping <laughs> out great, you know. Helping people be great. Yeah, you have a really good way of like capturing just like beautiful black people, joy, like really beautiful videos. And I feel like you make these little movie clips, like they're like little shorts of like someone just having a great time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like for me, it was just, you know, showing the essence of black people in their in their essence, honestly, of just being them you know and that's something i really enjoy about working that party because i've never been there when you know i have met people that was like you should have parties i or it's like it ain't really (laughs) and i get that everyday people isn't for everybody but it's for me and if you hang out with me i'm gonna make it for you you know it just really depends on who you around at that party because if you with the right people you always gonna have a good time so you gotta come with the right people come with your people you're gonna have a good time and if you see me and i know you i'm gonna make sure you good like what you want? You want a drink? I got you. You want to go over here? We out. Come sit at my table. We chilling. Like, don't worry about nothing. Period. I'm going to show you the best hospitality I can. You know, I'm an older gentleman. I got to I gotta be that way. <laughs> or the guys in the way. I can't see guys, anyone not having fun. Yo, guys, guys be like, yo, this man. Yo, I get my friends from, like, Far Rockaway or the hood, or and I get them to come out. I try to show them the best time. Introduce yeah. them to everyone. Whatever field they in, I'm going to introduce it as someone in their field. Like, yo, you are MTA? Yo, this person runs MTA, like type stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get you forward. I'm going to get you. I'm going to have you. You're going to have a good time. We're also going to push you forward. And that's how I, yeah. you know, use everyday totally. people as well. You know, I love that. It's like a whole empire. I think it's so cool. Like, that's something from nightlife could become like a movement. Yeah. And like feed people, pay people. And all off the strength of like people just needing a place to go move their bodies and like feel free and come together. It's fly. Uh, to me, the best part of it all is this is what I wanted to do overall when I was younger, when I was doing events first. I said, I want to build a, a empire out of a party that, you know, changes people's lives. Some people, they've, they've met their loved ones. I've met probably the last three girlfriends in my 30s at Everyday People, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've met loved ones. Mm. That I've still, yeah, I met good friends. That I'm still great friends with some of my best friends. That we you know we we bonded over everyday people. It's it really is a beautiful thing to be a part of, but it's also a beautiful thing to experience. And I like to do both. Like I would film the whole party, but I make sure I take a little time out to experience as well with my friends and with my coworkers or my family. Now you know what I'm saying. So shout out to them. Yeah, Hell work yeah. hard, play that. hard. So at the end of 2020, you had a brain stroke and yeah. you were in a coma, I want to say, for a month. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You also lost vision in your right eye. And just like through that process, you had to relearn to walk, write, speak. And I just still can't believe like I was on your page yesterday, like looking at where you were and how you are now. So first, just want to say like, so happy that you were able to recover and you're feeling better and your health is better. Um, but also would 
love to hear more about just that experience, what you went through and like really what it taught you. Yeah. I want to start a little ahead of that, which I think kind of led to that a little bit. So um, that month of December, I was uh, dating a girl. We don't have to say her name, you know, shout out to her. Because what she does next was a a marvelous thing, what she's going to do next. So we go to Africa for a vacation. It's me, Boss, MoMA, a bunch of other people from EP and Dreamville. And, and, you know, we're chilling with them. And, you know, some of us takes other people with us. And we're out there. We're having a good time, blah, 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 whatever. Come back. Me and her had the biggest fight in a long time on Christmas Eve, like Christmas, Christmas Eve. Like to the point where I had to like sleep over a friend's house type and and not make it home type stuff. So (laughs) it was really like a stressful environment I was in at the time. And then I'm also eating these high food that's pushing up my blood pressure and I'm stressed. And, you know, the the imminent danger of just COVID being there, December 31st, Mm. 6 a.m. Couldn't talk. I just felt like my head was filled up with like craziness. And luckily my mom was at my house at the time and... I went to the bathroom banging on the walls. She's like, yo, what the, what you doing? I'm like, and I fall into her. She's like, what's going on? She's panicking. She's panicking. Mm. I'm coughing out blood. And, you know, visually, this is wild. And I don't even remember most of this. So this is mm-hmm. the thing. So now instead of her calling 911, she calls my grandmother and goes, he's just bleeding everywhere. I don't know what to do. My grandmother said, bitch, get off the phone with me and call 911. <laughs> she goes, you're right. Picks up, calls. The EMT doesn't come. It's uh, the cops come, and they're like, the cop like, the cops. Cops are looking for drugs. It's mind you, I'm on the oh, floor. Fucking like, god, I'm on the floor, like, like shivering, and blood is coming out, and I'm just like literally dying. And this cop just like, what the good stuff at? Huh? And then then the EMTs come, and there's two women, and two women, and my mom had to bring me down the steps. Cop didn't help. Shout out to New Jersey trans cops. You guys kind of suck. I'm not going to hold you because that was <laughs> that man. Oh, that man alone. I never had a problem with any cops out here. That man alone sucked. Got to the hospital, died immediately. Flatline. <gasps> I got lucky. I got there in time, but I flatlined immediately. And then they got me back. First of all, they tell my mom, um, if you don't want to bring your son back, we flatlines again for like the third or fourth time, whatever. We don't have to. Well, it was going to mm. die. My mother said, you mad. You bring my son back for She's sitting there just stressing, and then she calls my girl. My girl comes. She was at, I think she was at Roble House, and they was working on something. She comes all the way over at, like, 5, 6 in the morning. She, you know, that cab ride probably for her was wild because my mother didn't know what was going on. Get to the hospital. Now I'm out. Now I'm out. I wake up. See, this right here is my tracheotomy. So I had that to breathe and everything. I had a hole in my throat. I wake up. I'm sitting here like, why is my right eye gone? Why do I? Why can't I talk? And then you know, my mom and my uh, girlfriend at the time came. They was like, "Yo, my my mother's like, well, you're good. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. Something crazy just happened. You had a stroke." I'm like, "A stroke? I'm 34. What do you mean I had a stroke? I thought this is an old man stuff." Like mm-hmm. my, you know what day it is? I was like, because I couldn't talk. She goes, "Nigga, it's the 29th of January." I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" What? I was so. I cried like probably that whole night. Yeah, I really was like, I can't feel the legs that are like I couldn't feel my legs like that. Like I knew they were there, but I couldn't move them. Mm-hmm. But I knew they were there. And then so when I'm in the doc, when you're in the hospital, they gotta like you know move you around. They gotta check, keep checking on you. They gotta wash you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel fine. I feel like myself a little bit. Just feel like somebody beat like the holy hell out of me. 
they say, yo, we're going to sit you up. If you ever watched the video, it's them pushing me up to sit up. I couldn't sit myself up. And I'm sitting here like, my mother said, yeah, you're going to be fine in a few weeks. I'm like, woman, I can't even sit myself up, let alone walk. What do you mean I'm going to be fine in a few? Like, I couldn't like what she was saying. And I couldn't say it. So that even frustrated me more that I couldn't say anything. Mm. But over time, I started, you know, they helped me walk. I started learning how to walk. So I'm sitting up. I'm good. I'm good to go. They said, all right, now we're going to put you in rehab for like six weeks. I'm like, cool. I actually beat rehab in six days. Like, I was out there doing everything mm. good. Like, yo, we could let them home. Crazy. What I didn't realize was how, how difficult the transition of relearning things. Because it wasn't just relearning how to walk, talk, do all that. The learning how to just dry yourself. I couldn't dry myself like I used to. Like, you know, you'd be like, I was drying myself sitting down. Like, like I was out of breath. Every time I try to do mm -hmm. it, you know, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. Also, I lost like 70, 80 pounds. So my body wasn't used to that extreme weight loss. So, you know, putting underwear on, drying myself, also making sure my bandages were, you know, clean. And the only thing I was enjoying was my bed and taking showers. And I was just like, I was so depressed from it too, because I didn't think I'd be able to get back to editing and, you know, doing video because my body was weak. I, my eye is gone. Like, I like it's completely blind, but you can't tell. So I'm just like, how am I going to get back? And shout out to uh, Sinclair. He uh, pretty much the CFO. Like, he, like, he's the guy that, like, he's our guy at Everyday People. He would check in on me and, and his wife as well. She was like, I need you to edit something. And it was like kind of a test for me to see if I can do it and mm -hmm. still have that that skill set. Because like I said, I'm mentally still kind of checked out. I did it and it really like filled me up. And then again, my girl at the time, she'd handle my finances. She kept all my friends, uh, you know, up to- Updated. Yeah, she did all that. I had to do none of that, which shout out to her for doing that. Like I love her to death still for, you know, holding me down. And, you know, the stroke was just something that I think, you know, black men should really, young black men like my age and younger, like, you know, we're getting sick at a younger age. And I think black people as a whole should just really go to the hospital more because I wasn't going to the doctor like that. I like how I do now. Boy, it's getting checked out like enough. Mm -hmm. I throat, whatever I need to get checked out on, I'm getting it checked out. I'm not waiting, you know. And I think there's something where it's just kind of like, you know, there's a whole like mystique of like, you know, they're, they're after us. And it does feel like that at times. I was in the hospital like, yo, they're going to kill me in here. I really, where my mind was from a coma, which I didn't even know I was in, but I knew right. I was somewhere different. Like the dreams and the, the thoughts I had was wild. So I'm in the hospital. I feel like this one nurse was really trying to kill me. She looking at me like this from far. <laughs> Yo, either, she, either she want to fuck or she want to kill me. And I didn't think she wanted to. It's like when they washing you, it's just like, oh, Yo, you look wild crazy. Like, I was looking <laughs> like my shit was growing now. I was missing a patch of hair because that's why they took the blood out of my fucking skull so I can survive. Like, oh my Jesus. The whole experience of it made me appreciate life. So when I was going to therapy for mental health, I really just like, every, also everybody should go to therapy at least once, twice a week. Like it's a beautiful thing to experience and it really does help, you know, it really did help me get back to who I am again today. And actually I think I'm better than what I was before I had the stroke, mm. so, you know. I just hope that, you know, and I've, I've realized that, you know, since I had it, a lot of young black men are having strokes. I think uh, Nene Leak's son had one. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 a thing that, and I got lucky because my boy, uh, JP, his brother, also was a little, a little bit older than me. He had one as well. 
and he was he was a little bit more messed up than I was. There's another person that's still like in a coma. They told my mother that I'm gonna be a, either either they're gonna have to pull a plug because I'm gonna be a vegetable. But I wasn't waking up. That's what they told. Like we don't we don't see this man waking up. So my mom was like, "Nah, we are gonna leave him on there. He gonna wake up." And I eventually did. But that first that December thirty first, New Year's Eve, for my family, they all came to my house and got drunk. And I was like, oh, they didn't drink all my liquor, but they did. So shout out to them. <laughs> but they were all, you know, all my family, my uncles, cousins, everybody came to the hospital to see me. Because that was it. It was a, yo, this is the last time you're going to be able to see him. But it was also hard because COVID. So you, they really couldn't see me. They let, mm. they let my girlfriend at the time and my mom, the only two people that saw me, you know, you got my uncle outside crying. You got my aunts, my cousins. Everybody was like, yo, this is crazy. And it was just an experience that I'll never forget. I'm not trying to say like, I know it sounds like, oh my God, it was a great experience. No, nah, it was the, the worst, but yet best experience to me to go mm. through. It opened my eyes to a lot of things that my eyes were close to that I needed to open up because I'm pushing 40 now, you know? I got to start paying attention to my health. I get heartburn. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot. It'd be a lot. Wow. Wait, so you said you weren't going to the doctor. So did they figure out the cause of this? Like, did you have some sort of issue that so like you chronic- just didn't know about? No, like in your family. From what they told me, pretty much was like, yo, high blood pressure. My my blood pressure was like two fifty over like one fifty type. It was too high, and they pretty much said it's like a blood vessel burst somewhere, and it got in my brain, and it was just drowning out my shit, oh my and it drowned out the back somewhere. Luckily, I didn't lose both my eyes because that would have just ended my whole career. So, so me currently, I, you don't, you can't, you still can't see out of one eye. I'm st- for two for the last two years I've been blind in my right eye and you know I, I can still film I can still work but it also makes me you know when I eat certain things I think twice about things I do because I can't lose this left one I need the mm. left one. I lose wow. the left one it's a wrap like <laughs> what am I gonna do with life just gonna be sitting here like this the whole time listening <laughs> to TV well That's you need it for thing. your work yeah you know? or it's gonna be an early retirement like you know, I gotta right. retire I, I can't but it's just, wow. it was like my life, I never went through anything like that in my entire mm-hmm. life. Instead of, you know, being from the hood and, you know, dealing with regular hood stuff that I didn't realize also wasn't a normal thing. That's a whole right. different story. But, you know, that situation where it was focusing on me and shout out to everybody that also gave me money to support and help me get through that. It helped my mom, you know, going to the hospital every day had to, you know, I was costly and stuff. So. I gave her like a lot of that money as well, and my mm-hmm. uh, my girlfriend at the time. I gave her a lot of that money at the time too. I think I, I don't even want to tell you how much I, I gave her a lot though. I know I was like it was so much, and then I was also getting so much from not working and and that COVID situation. They were just throwing money at yeah. us, so it was just kind of like yo, my my they took care of me. They deserved that money. Like they get, mm-hmm. they should get at least mm-hmm. more than half. Like I don't mind just keeping this much. Mm-hmm. I should get this much, but. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned how after going through that, it makes you look at like the way you take care of yourself from a health health wise. But have have your perspectives changed in any other way in the ways that you look at life and the ways that you approach each day Mm -hmm. or um, the kind of opportunities you take, Mm -hmm. risks you take, things like that? Um, I do everything now with a I have to. You know what I'm saying? I have to do things now. Hold up. I'll show you something, too. Uh, this right here is something that uh, is a part of my life now, you know, and um, 
this is my blood pressure machine and I have to take it, you know, once a day, sometimes just to check my blood pressure to make sure I'm not, you know, overdoing anything or my blood pressure isn't too high. And then this is my, my new, you know, daily med. not this row, but the, not the uh, Thursday row, but these two rows, right? These three rows is what I have to, you know, take every day. So now, you know, meds are in my life now every day, just my vitamins, you know, checking my blood pressure, like little stuff like that is a, it's a new thing for me. So it would always remind me, take care of yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not doing drugs anymore or stuff like that, or you know, I'm not drinking as much as I was, but I still indulge in drinking though. That's the one thing that mm-hmm. I don't really want to, but it's just, um, overall it was, I look at, like I said, I look at everything I do now and in a, in a, the, the biggest, smallest microscope as I can, because I never want to, mm-hmm. my life to end, you know? And, and, yeah. and it's just like, I never want to experience that again, like never again. And if I do- So you recognize the preciousness of life in a oh, different way. Oh, I press, uh, I eat food now like this. Mm. What is this? that, I don't want it. I'm yeah. over here getting haircuts every two weeks now, like, I didn't get one in like three weeks because it's January, but like, you know, my whole outlook on everything, even if it's the smallest beauty or the the biggest like person, you know, who I am in the inside and, you know, stuff like that. I yeah, like I got that. you. Um, I do want to say a big fuck you to the cops that came to your spot because like it's fucked up. that's yeah, fucking crazy. And like, mm-hmm. who knows like how that could have escalated and what could have happened, the waste of time that was spent when you should have been at the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. I think people don't understand when we talk about the issues of systemic racism in this country and they think black people are just on our, like, uh, what is it? Our soapbox and we're just like saying the yeah. same shit. But like, it's instances like that. Like, I would never think, and the average person might never think that instead of EMTs immediately coming to your home, that cops would come to your home. And then on top of that, cops seeing you clearly unwell, instead of trying to take action, they're trying to see what drugs you're on. Yeah. Or if there are drugs in your home. Trying to criminalize the situation. Right. Me personally, like I said, I don't remember the day. It's what my mom went through that makes me so angry about it. Yes. Like, yo, this older woman is in peril. Like, help her. What are you doing? Even if it's like, I look young and I could probably be doing drugs, but still help her. Call the EMT, mm-hmm. whatever. They made her call again to bring another EMT. And I was just like, yo, fucking ridiculous. I don't even know who the officer is. I don't know how he looks. I was going to say, it's giving lawsuit, maybe. Right. Know. Right. Who we got to call? It's giving lawsuit. Right. Yeah. It's giving you know, it's funny. Salino and Barnes. Talking to you guys make it, makes me like realize, like, yo, that cop's real, you know, fucked up. Like, fuck him. But yeah. I just never thought about it because I was just happy to be alive. Right. right. Absolutely. I also, because you did mention that you actually flatlined. Yeah. So you actually died, technically. Mm-hmm. This might be a crazy question, but like, do you remember anything from that? Like, did anything happen? All right. So I remember a particular dream that I was having. Um, I don't know when it happened, but I remember it was a, it's a very like like coming to age realization dream. So at, at one point I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting dragged into a room and I don't know where I'm going, but my mom felt was like she's by my side. Out of nowhere, everything just changes. Now I'm in like this, this, this home and I'm on the floor and I sit up 
and uh, it was a, a kimono dragon next to me for some reason. I don't know why. It just was there, but it didn't move. And then my mom's ex-boyfriend uh, came to me and said, hey, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel fine. Couldn't talk still for some reason. I was like, I feel fine. But it was like, I, it just sounded like I was trying to talk, but like nothing came out. He goes, hey, here's your favorite beer. Your family, everybody's outside waiting for you. Just go outside. I go outside. I'm on this island. Everything behind the island is too bright for me to see, but I see my family. Everybody's celebrating me. I'm like, why is everybody celebrating me? And then it made me realize, like, I am probably dead right now. I don't think I don't think I'm alive. I don't know what's going on, but I don't. You had that consciousness in your brain, like that kind of like, like when you're, what's it called? When you're having that like a lucid dream almost, like you were aware that you you know you're in a dream. Yeah. But I have, I've have, I've had, I've, I've had those over time, like lucid dreams a lot. But this felt different. Like this felt like, you know, it's over. This is done because it just felt so happy. It felt great, and that beer was fucking delicious. I never tasted a beer this well. So I was just like, this is probably the end right here. But then the kimono dragon dragged me out and then swallowed me. And that's how it kind of. No. Yeah, swallowed me. I kind of woke up in the room, couldn't talk. I had all these fucking plugs and tubes down my throat and my nose. Right. And that's one of the pictures I showed on my IG. Yeah. And it, um, and I was trying to take them out because I was like, what's going on? I couldn't talk, but I didn't know what was going on. I got the. First thing I had to get that tube out my throat because I just was like, yo, it felt like somebody was hand was in my throat. And they did that a lot with like this tube. They kept putting up my nose, my throat. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing? This is y'all trying to kill me. That's what I thought. <laughs> I couldn't voice the pain that it was giving me, but I just woke up in a dark room and I was like, yo, this ain't my room. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm supposed to be throwing a party with Maine later for New Year's Eve. And they said, You ain't mm-hmm. my nurse is like, like, You ain't going. What? Sit your ass. <laughs> It's February. Question. In addition to like sharing what you went through in order to just get support from your community, what made you want to be so transparent about what you went through? Like posting a photo like that. Like I think that would take a lot for some people to do. Well, I'm an open book always. You guys know me. I'm always, I tell you everything, especially when I get lit. I tell you everything. It was the video before that. And I dropped and I wanted everybody to kind of see that I was back. But I didn't want to have to keep going to people and telling them what happened. Mm-hmm. Like every time, like, yo, where you been? Or they might not even know. And I got to come out of nowhere and say, yo, you know what happened to me? I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me just post it. Let everybody see it. So now they know what happened. When I posted mm-hmm. it, I didn't think it was going to get that much traction and that much, like, love. And, you know, people were just sending me stuff. Shout out to everybody that, you know, showed me love and sent me stuff and, you know, you know, had conversations with me. So for the, like, like I said, from then till even now, I haven't ran into some people in years and we talk about it still to this day. And, you know, they always, you know, they, some people get me like, they about to cry face. Mm-hmm. I probably have seen every one of my friends. I'm about to cry to you right now face because it was like, yo, that I'm sometimes I got to realize like how significant that was for a lot of my friends. I had some friends tell me, uh, Shout out to uh, some friends. They said that they were going around Brooklyn looking for me in different hospitals. But the mm-hmm. problem was they kept calling me Nunny and not Dashi. <laughs> I'm a real name. So. And I wasn't even in New York Hospital. I was in New Jersey Hospital. I, I thought I was in Chicago for some reason. I don't know. Like I tell you, the whole situation was very like a weird situation. But I would, I would Wait, never. So, so you, you woke up and it was around 
it was around this time, right? So do you, yeah. do you not celebrate, maybe that's the wrong word, but acknowledge the date? Oh, every every time. Last year, I really celebrated. Last year, I was just on a binge. I was recently single. I'm drinking. I'm, I'm like, I'm allowed to do more. I'm going out. I'm going on dates. You know, last year, I celebrated. This year is more like, I want to just get back to me and working, working as much as possible, like having work every weekend or editing all. Before we started talking, I was editing a bunch of stuff that I still got to edit after this. So mm -hmm. I'm just on like a more work mode and getting things done, like to get back to where I was before that way. Last year was a more like I'm having fun. And also like, I haven't been single in like seven years. I've been in like three different relationships. So, you know, that newly singleness was just kind of, it was fun to just be, you know, running the streets, but not being a whore, you know, but running them. <laughs> I was having would, would you ever make like a documentary or a short film or something about your experience? Yeah, I would definitely. That's why I try to keep as much, you know, content that I have on it. Yeah. I probably should have made more, but like, again, like I said, I was just so drained and I mentally yeah. wasn't where I'm at today and where I was, I'm not mentally there, but now I am mentally there. So I would definitely like, wouldn't mind talking about it or, you know, um, just, yeah, really just talking about it and letting everybody know what happened, especially like, you know, a lot of young black people and, yes, you know, you know we're endangered species, like sometimes. At, mm -hmm. you know, Seriously. For stuff that we don't even know that's on our, like on our heinies, like, no, like the amount of people that died in the last two years, like, you know, with, with Virgil and, um, uh, uh, forget, what's his name for Black Panther? Damn. Um, Chadwick. Didn't even know those two was even sick. Right. And the right. guy from, I mean, this is different, but the man from The Wire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael K. Williams. Like, yeah. didn't see none of that coming. Yeah. Like, exactly. We need, we need you to drop something. We're going to give you more work. Because I think a lot of the topics that you cover, too, are really important, right? It's not just about the fact that you got sick, but like, all the things leading up to it, stress, like you talk about going to therapy, mm -hmm. like how many black men are open and talking about that and like would love to see someone speaking to how that's changed things for them or just being mindful of, you know, your choices, even though, I mean, you know, I know you, I know you was probably out here having fun doing it, having a good time, but so many people still are, you know, we're all getting in our thirties, getting up there and you don't think about certain lifestyle changes that you have to make until something happens. And then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like, yeah. you don't mm -hmm. want to get to the oh, shit part because you don't know mm -hmm. what that could look like. Nah, I, I got to the oh, shit part and it wasn't good. It right. Wasn't mm -hmm. good. I've also, I'm not like an expert on strokes or anything, but I have seen some things about when someone's having a stroke, early intervention can really make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any information about I know it's been like passed around, passed around, but like how you can tell someone if, how you can tell whether or not someone is having a stroke. I want to also say, I also don't have any early ideas of strokes either, but the thing is, mine's are different from other people's. Like it's a real like game changer in the sense of not knowing how, because what I went through, another person went through something different, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like it affects us all the same in a way. I honestly just, I thought I had a brain aneurysm. I was just not accepting mm -hmm. stroke. I was like, nah, that's that's a that's a brain aneurysm. That's not a stroke. Nah, no, hell no. 
refuse to believe that that's a stroke. But it was, and I had to accept it. Mm. And it took me like, I think I said, it took me a year to accept that. Like, that was a stroke. Because I thought, again, it was an older person's thing. I think awareness is key here. Mm-hmm. People need to know that it can affect younger people. And us as younger people got to be careful and take everything serious. COVID, um, strokes, cancer, you know, sexual terminal diseases, as you know, STDs, SI, uh, STIs, all that. We have to be well informed of these diseases that are also killing our community and is running rapid around us. Because, you know, we be having fun, but I keep it safe. So... <laughs> The only thing I can really do right now is to tell everybody how I was misinformed or I didn't know. And I was a real health ox before I had it. Like I was eating good. I was working out. You know, I was, you know, I was, wasn't smoking cigarettes or doing drugs anymore for like at least a good three years. Like I was at a good, like clean, like situation, but it still affected me in the sense that mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, I wasn't like eating a bunch of meats. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't, that's why it was so weird to me when it happened, because I felt like, yo, I was doing well. But just one diet change or this that added a little bit too many salts or whatever it was, and it affected me that, and I was stressed. So now I don't let myself get stressed. If something stressed me out too much, I walk away from it. Mm -hmm. No matter what it is, I'm going to walk away from it, because I don't want to go through what I went through. I don't want to put my mother through that. She has PTSD from, Mm -hmm. you know, my my. My, my family, they had PTSD from it. You know, they still kind of like here and here, touch, touch my friends and family, but they're not on it like they were like a year or two ago. They was on my bumper about that. Like, right, I bet. <laughs> like a little bit hovering. But, hey, you know. hey, what's that you eating? Right. <laughs> Look at Chip. No, no, no. Get them chips out of his hand. <laughs> it was that good. That's it's just like, love, you know. Love. It's like, you wow. know, you should eat. Why, why they eating a big ass burger? You know, you can eat. Some salad. <laughs> you munching on a burger. This could happen to you. You bug. Right, I was gonna right. say, how come Whole you could time. eat the burger though? And the scary, right. it's the scary thing when I realize about it. You know, my doctors tell me all the time. My mom tell me all the time, you are blessed by God and you are lucky mm-hmm. because what you went through is something that most people don't survive. You are. I shouldn't even be alive mostly, but I am, and I appreciate life more because of that. But some people went through smaller things and they die from that because. The same how that that the, the um cop was there, like imagine if he wasted more time, or he wanted, right. to, mm-hmm. you know what we want to mm-hmm. see the house, Tragic. or you call anybody, I would have been dead right then and there. Right. You know what I'm like I just made it to the hospital before I flatlined, so it's like all those little situations you can be in. It's like you could really be in an unfortunate situation. Mm. I just think I'm glad. I just like I said, I'm just happy not to be in an unfortunate situation. Well, we are happy too. Yeah. Yes. You are here, um, and you were able to share that story, and I mean, share your story. I think it's going to be so impactful for the listeners, especially just following you. You're like so funny and like mm-hmm. fun loving, and you still are. But like, you <laughs> went through something so, so serious. Um. Yeah. So thank you for sharing first and foremost. Yes. No doubt. My favorite joke I say is, y'all just happy I'm alive, so y'all get the plug to everyday people. Y'all don't even love me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, please. Somebody's like, I'm so happy you're alive. I was like, you only happy I'm alive because I'm still your plug, nigga. He goes, ha, plug, <laughs> Like, you right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all now. Not you well, right, you. <laughs> we will be looking out for you. 
on the dance floors this summer, you know, sooner than that, maybe just relishing in all our black and the essence of our blackness being alive here and now. It's amazing. Yeah. And we're so glad you came. Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, I'm also, I'm also focusing a lot more on, on this book I wrote and getting it out, you know, and I'm working with one of my other friends, Smurfo, to do the illustration. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, I wanted Tell us about the book. It's like a, you know, little factory. It's like a fact book. It's like, 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 it's like dead ass fact. Number one, bacon, egg and cheese is one word. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. It. The best part it was about it wasn't just a book. It was like Smurfo was going to tag it up crazy. The whole book. It's going to be like a nice little book. Oh my God. I love it. What I really want to do with the thing is like having two interpreters, like one guy read it regular and then one guy like do real New Yorker about it. Like the whole thing. Dead ass fact number like four. Bacon, nigga, cheese in one word. Hey, yo, poppy, let me get a bacon, nigga, cheese. No ketchup, (laughs) no salt, pepper. Get that right or I'll bust your shit, nigga. Oh, I love it. Like the style (laughs) of how it would be said in New York, you know. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, and like a real a New Yorker, please. Yeah, shit, I could do it, but I don't want to. I want to sit there. And I have no, I'm ideas. saying you're a real New Yorker making this because I feel like now everybody's really yes. riding New York's dick. Oh. <laughs> wow, such a New York statement. They're riding New York's dick. They are. Everybody's obsessed with talking about bacon, egg, and cheese. And cheese. And it's like y'all just chopped ordering those. Yo, yes. Well, wasn't that popular until like recently? It was popular. <laughs> But not how it is now. Like chopped cheese is a staple. I'm like, oh yeah. When is it? I just got one this weekend in L. A. <laughs> Wait, what? Would would you go to? You know the chopped cheese guy. The New York chopped cheese truck. <laughs> yes. That's my guy. I did a video with him. That's my guy too. He posted me the other day. Oh. <laughs> Look at this. He has big things coming up. I don't know if it's pop is if it's public, so I won't share. But yeah, chopped cheese is doing his thing. Yeah, no, I'll give you also another thing. Other people also, our friends also own that chopped cheese truck. But also, we uh, at Everyday People in LA, we have food trucks. I got him in on one of the trucks. I got him in, and that's how me and him got close as well. Because I was more close with the other partner. Yeah, because we have food trucks. And I'm like, my man said I got a food truck. Why they not in here? And he hit me up. He hit me up like, yo, I'm trying to get in there. I'm like, yo, I got you, my boy. Say less. Do this. I I talked to Sinclair, and I talked to them. I was like, my guy. Get them in there. It's a New York, you know, it has that New York right. cheese, chopped cheese, and it's a, it has some vegan options. It have some meat, and it's a it's a really delicious chopped cheese. Like it's delicious. I was posted up there, ate mm-hmm. a whole chopped cheese in the middle of the party. But the, <laughs> the fun part: the first time he worked, the first day, he had to cut out early because he wasn't ready for like the amount of customers he was going to get. He ran out of. Food. He sold out. He ran out of food. He ran out of food yeah. too early though. Like he still had like two hours. Like. To two, three hours. I'm like, yo, why you not at the truck? He goes, hold out. So he was the, so he's been with us for like the last, I'm gonna say six parties. And so next year, I want him to be on the uh, the list again because you know if I'm gonna get anybody in, I want to get my friends in, you know, in their trucks and you know put money in. Put people on. That's what it's about. Well, please let us know when the book is ready so we can publicize it too. I definitely will be copying a copy whenever it's ready. So copying a I copy. Not do that book. <laughs> I might not drop that to like summer or uh fall. I want to see who I can get to uh be ready know, to brand. voice it. Yeah, whenever it comes, we'll be ready for it for sure. We'll be ready. Yes. Put some money on my books. <laughs> I want I want them to put money on my books. Yo, you're silly. <laughs> 
Well, thank you I'll so much for the, joining us. Oh, wait. Sorry, Chelsea. What were you saying? No, I said sue the police. Oh yes, oh, yes, that, that is a nice that final word. Mm-hmm. Yes, a nice final word. But thank you so much for coming, for sharing your story. Of course, of Being course. so thank transparent. Of course. I always am. You know, I've been trying to get on you guys' show for a while. And also, congrats for having a great show and, you know, building it up. I've been watching, and I really loved it. And I'll be like, yo, they're doing so well. And you guys are my friends for a long time. And I love when my friends do, you know, great things that help their community and help, you know, people out and let other black women know that they can do it as well you know we get together we focus on this and we can do it we're we're out here trying to uplift our community you know period you gotta uplift our community i should be a fucking right i said uplift our You're an influencer community our because we have to bring it together our community and the community. Shut it. It's three steps. I'm fucking it up. I'm it up. It's not difficult. Did a Clearly it was not a dancer. But Clearly did not follow Nani, you've been choreo. changing it a little bit. It's right. Been, I'm like, that should tra- change. It's been transforming yeah. the more you've been doing it. Okay. consistent. <laughs> our community. No. Uh, you know? I, I would keep adding all right, well, just, you know. All right. Add a shimmy next. Um, well, thank you for coming on. We love you for joining. Come back anytime you want. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Please remain healthy and unstressed. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll see you guys at the next Everyday People in New York and in LA. Yes. Say see less. By Coastal. I'm sure I invite you myself. Like, put you on the list. Give y'all okay. Yeah, you know, right. Because I've been buying my tickets. Yeah, I can bring a boo or a friend, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> I wouldn't bring mm. a boot. Me personally, I wouldn't bring a boot, but that's just me. You could find your bring sand to the beach. Don't bring sand to the beach. Don't bring sand to the sand. Fuck that. That's what that is. That's the sand. Beach is too. I'm oh my god. Hey, group chat, before we officially leave you and the episode is truly over, I have to reiterate my experience with Dub and their crown collection. I just really have been loving this. This collection is the first holistic hair and scalp health system with our curls, coils, and kinks in mind. Comes with amazing, amazing ingredients like squalene, which you already know is a fave of mine, prebiotics, shampoo, conditioner, a serum, a leave-in conditioner, and a defining buttercream. I love using these products as I'm really focusing on hair growth and especially in between my protective styles. Scalp health is so important for growth retention. And as you are on your hair journey, however you style your crown, I encourage you to try the Dove Crown Collection and tell us what you think. What would you do? All right, I got this long ass email. Oh, the one relationship help? Yes. I just forwarded that because I was cleaning out the other email, the one that's like attached to the YouTube. And I saw that and I was like, oh. Okay. Because I'm like, how did we just get this? I see. It's a forward. I thought they like were like, bitches, you didn't answer. Here it is again. Oh. No, 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 no. It's a forward. Because I just saw it. But then I was like. <coughs> okay. This is quite long. long. This is quite long. Um, But... Glenn's not here, so we have a little more time, I guess. This person says, hello. Over time, I came to realize that I have dated a bunch of people and eventually to the point friends and I had an intervention, that I had commitment issues and never tried to put in work towards a relationship. 
With that conversation, I ended up dating a person for 10 years. He was emotionally and physically abusive, and eventually I stepped away. I still to this day never felt a connection until recently. It was easy to leave the toxic environment and start my healing process and to be ready to date again. After my relationship, I met a new person. He said the right words in the beginning, showed me and gave me the capability to really fall in love and feel it. I'm skipping some of this. I'm sorry. It's very long. However, my only issue is until the last two weeks when we argued. He had been acting very cold and distant, and when I choose to talk to him, he pushes me away. Over the course of the conversation, I ask questions regarding what he wants and what his perception is. After the same question cycling over and over, he was not sure what he wanted. I finally felt this was the decision that he made and he was being pawned off on me. Huh. He mentioned open relationship and that he was doing it for me. I do not see how that correlated with what I wanted from a partnership. I do believe open relationships are good. Oh no, open relationship is the exact opposite of the values of creating a family. Also, requesting an open relationship is the opposite of being monogamous. Correct. Right now, I really do feel that we do not have the foundation for one either. I did not disregard his views. Simply just wanted to talk it over. I might have skipped something that was important, but I'm, and I'm lost. Seems like this I'm, person wants an open relationship. Okay, and I'm lost. Um, so. <laughs> this is this. Uh, it's such a long. Email, it's very guys. long. Please, when you email hello at Black Girls Texting. Make it concise. Um, so, uh, t- too long didn't read. This person is with someone who wants an open relationship. I'm going to get to the last paragraph. My problem is that my mind feels and knows the true outcome of what he wants and reality. I am fine with that, but the confusion came when he stated he loved me. I feel love and showing love is not just words and and a series of actions. If he truly felt the way he did, he would have moved to the next step or the fact during an argument he would have attempted to fix the situation. What? I feel like he's a good person and we do have a potential of being a strong couple. Even this time apart, the connection and energy I feel towards him gravitates and is extremely strong. I do not understand any of it. If you choose to air my discussion over the air, I would really love to have multiple opinions and also for the person I am dating to hear others' thoughts as well. I can give you his email upon request. I really hope you can help. Kind regards, Amit. Um, Well, there's a lot in here and I'm not going to lie, we're not fully following what's going on. Yeah. But... Well, what about this? If we synthesize it, you're in a relationship with someone and they ask you to be in an open relationship. Right. What? How would you feel? I know your answer. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not if it's not for you, then you cannot do it. You know, right. like it's I don't think that if in your heart of hearts, like that's something that is really a deal breaker that you're you'll come to being comfortable with it yeah yeah i agree i think i think a lot of people are like oh monogamy is so hard polyamory is gonna be so much easier and i would assume based off of the people that i know who are actually doing things in those sorts of relationships is it's actually harder it's like you have to be way more honest way more communication i mean for many reasons one of the most important, in my opinion, is health. So, yeah, it's not 
easier. So if you're not 100% on board, I don't think you should just do something because your partner is asking for you. It might mean that you guys are not a match or you could tell your partner, no, it's not for me. And if they are not willing to also not do it, then yeah, you guys are not a match. Yeah, I agree. And you don't want to then resent the person Mm -hmm. because you tried to do something that you knew in your heart of hearts you weren't comfortable with. And I think that goes for the same the other side of the coin like for me i don't really believe in monogamy long term i don't really like see myself only seeing with one person for the rest of my life but in the same vein like i'm pretty monogamous <laughs> like because i know that's important to my my man like i'm not yeah. just out here in these streets right um and there's like an agreement that we have in terms yeah. of like what rules and what's set up it's not just like open and like now you can go do what you want because if you don't trust that person that shit's not gonna work yeah i agree um well thank you for writing in again if you have any advice that you want to get from some gals from brooklyn our email is hello at black girls texting our tiktok is hello no our tiktok is black girls texting our twitter is black girls text one um and our instagram is black girls texting so keep us in your group chats keep sharing keep telling people about us uh join the patreon which is also black girls texting and we love you so much thank you for supporting as always Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.